Welcome to the Sent to Share podcast. We are a collective of simple churches bringing hope to our cities. Welcome to the Sent to Share podcast, where we discuss discipleship and living out the commands and rhythms of Jesus in a modern life, a modern context. I'm Joe Camerlingi alongside Brent Hofen. Uh, uh, this is our episode two. So if you missed the inaugural episode, go back and check that one out. Learn a little bit more about us. We're just a couple of disciples living this out in the greater Northwest region. And Brent, this week, uh, we're going to dive right into some of the deeper things of why we do what we do. Yeah. Uh, pumped to be back for episode two. And we're just laying the groundwork as we get ready for just, you know, breaking down some simple principles. How do we live out those rhythms? And can we raise these sails in our life, which literally means we can't start a movement of God? But we can put the sails up like on a sailboat, and when the wind of God blows, we'll actually go somewhere. And we're kind of laying the groundwork today so that we can begin to break down some of those individual practices and rhythms that we can put into place so that when God does what only God can do, we're going to get to experience something amazing. So I'm looking forward to this journey and also the stories that are going to come in the days ahead as we uh, share what God's doing. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And here's, here's what's awesome. Neither one of us fired each other after episode one. So we made it to episode two, <laughs> which you'll find. It was because it was such a party. Yes, it was. And by episode three, though, that the, the party's over and, uh, you know, the honeymoon phase is over, <laughs> which you'll have to get to know about the two. We'll of have us. to bring back the lights and the haze machines <laughs> by episode three. <laughs> which you'll get to know about the two of us as we go. As we love to share stories, but we also love to uh, give each other a bad time. So uh, just 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 know that we uh, we love living this out. But uh that includes um, a fair amount of grief for each one of us. But this week, <laughs> let's start with the Great Commission. And I'm going to read it here. It's something, it's a foundation of, I think, no matter what denomination you are in, people are going to say, yeah, this is our foundation, is Matthew 28. But let's go back. Let's read it first. It says in verse 16, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Powerful. What jumps out at us when we look at this yeah. and what it means about God and what it means about us as people and disciples of Jesus? I just think, Joe, that these are some of the last in-person words that Jesus gave to his disciples. They were obviously very important to him. Like when you think this is the last thing I get to say before I'm going to send into heaven. I mean, this is pretty monumental. And I mean, there's a lot of commands that Jesus gives to them. And I think when you read that, it just brings up a lot of questions. Like, how are we really doing with these commands? Like, do we are we walking in authority? Are we going? Are we expecting people to come? And are we making disciples? Are we teaching how to baptize and see people baptize? And are we obeying everything? And do we understand like what it really means to have them with us to the very end? It raises a lot of questions, Joe. Yeah, I, I think that because where I am now, it's just as many questions as before. But I think that's the struggle is because so many people know that this verse is important. But as you sit somewhere or you're doing something, those questions of like, how am I doing this? What is this? 
what does this look like in my life? And at some point, I think if you're being honest with yourself, and I even now would say like, no, I, even as I begin to develop these things, the question is, no, I'm not fully invested in this as I should be. And you can look back and go, well, yeah, I, I'm happy that I feel like I've, I've come to that understanding, but it's just, it's difficult. It's, it's a, it's a very demanding set of verses that Jesus has laid out for all of us. Yeah. I think the other thing that it draws out of me is that sometimes I feel like we're doing the opposite of the great commission. You know, I'm, I'm all for all kinds of church, but I think sometimes we do the opposite of this instead of going, we expect people to come instead of making disciples. We expect somebody else to take care of that. Right. It's not, we haven't personalized like the great commission. We're not taking personal responsibility for it. There's somebody else's job to do everything that's in here. And I think when you start to make the great commission personal and say, am I personally doing these things, man, it starts getting challenging pretty fast. Yeah. And if you, if you want to learn more about how God has challenged us, go back to episode one where we talk about peeling of an onion and this verse definitely yes. can do that in a hurry. It's many part of the layers that have been peeled back in both of our stories. So let's talk about this because it's this verse challenged as you go back again to episode one, it challenged you. God was challenging you this it, you in this and me in this. But I think even those we're talking from a, a discipleship making movement lens and we'll get further into what does that mean and everything. But, but I guess it's just this perspective of, it seems like a lot of different pastors, elders, leaders in all these denominations are starting to be challenged by God about, Hey, we need to be engaging people differently because this isn't working. And we hear it time and time again from the various people we meet all over Western culture of, like God is bringing a lot of people back to this verse of like, like you said, are we really doing it? And what we're doing, is it working? I just feel like a lot of people are challenged in that way right now. Yeah. From the beginning of the Great Commission to the end of the Great Commission, there's something in every part of it that causes me to doubt. And I think it causes me to doubt because it causes me to question whether or not I have personalized this and whether I'm obeying it. I don't think it's a mistake in verse 17 when it says they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. We're only talking about the 11 right here. And then he gives them the great commission and some of them were doubting it. And I think we're still doubting it and we've got to learn how to obey it and recognize that if we only do it as a method, like if we live out the great commission as a method or a program, we're going to be in deep trouble. But if we do it out of the presence of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has given us in our life and that he's with us while we press into these things and do it through the spirit, it's a radically different experience than doing it as a method or a program. Yeah. Now I want to get more into programs, but before we kind of talk about what those look like and, and, and trying to, to do that as our discipleship, I want to get back to, I, for me, it causes me to go back to the other verses of like, okay, well, what did Jesus say? I know even five, 10 years ago, like, you know, when I recommitted my life to God and, and following Jesus, it was kind of like these ones kind of just hit you where you go back and like, okay, what did he say? Ooh, that's difficult. How do I even do that? You know, how do I live this out? Because that's what it forces you to do is go back and go, hey, if this is what he commanded, what else did he do? And how do I go about that? Because it just wasn't like, hey, okay, go make disciples in just this little paragraph. It's like, it goes back to every other command that Jesus gave throughout his time. 
disciples. Right. Yeah. And I think of like Jesus's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Like he, in just one teaching, he gives all of these principles that he wants us to live out, like forgiving people before we, before we personally worship. Like we need to go and reconcile with people, uh, not be in anger, not retaliate. I mean, you just think of like all these things. Jesus went co- totally countercultural and said, hey, you, you, you think it's this, but I'm telling you that it's this. And, and sometimes I think if Jesus was here today, he would look at the Great Commission and he'd say, you think the Great Commission means this, but I'm telling you it's it's this. Wow. I, yeah, I, I, I know that. I feel that. Now, when we talked about engaging people and, and that all denominations, all are feeling it, I think there's a, a prevailing thought of that right now, not just what God's sharing, but what we're seeing. And it's this idea that we're not supposed to lose. We can't lose, but somehow we are. We all are familiar with Matthew 16, 18, right? That the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And yet we look at it in a Western context, a Western culture. The numbers say we're losing. But how, you know, how is that? You know, right. if we know the Great Commission and we know we're supposed to live it out and we know that we can't lose, then why are we feeling this way? Yeah, and I think the verse is true. It, there is a reality to this verse. Like we can't lose because of Jesus. Yet somehow we are the population growth right now is the largest that it's ever been in the world. It's like 8 billion people and population growth alone is growing so quickly. And the church isn't keeping up with population growth. And I think it's a big piece of it is, is like, yeah, somehow we are losing ground and it's while it's on our watch. And I don't know about you, Joe, but that's super convicting to me. Like, in our generation, in our day, the gap between how many people are following Jesus and just the population growth alone, it's super convicting. Something's got to change. But I think there is good news in that we know we're meant to win. So then we're looking at the strategies of it. You look, think of younger generations that are not going to church. They're not. COVID obviously had a huge deal with that. But I think it just shined the light of like that all these people that were kind of partly coming coming all those things and then it just poured into more programs i think god just revealed a light there of kind of like um do we need more programs do we need to change the programs wait are they really working in the first place because i think that's the natural inclination is let's get back to how we drawing these people in instead of being sent which obviously is what our heart is i think a lot of people a lot of pastors are wrestling with that as well yeah and and i think that's what i was meaning a little bit, Joe, when I was saying like, I think the Great Commission can become a method. You know, I think even disciple making can become a method. Here's the steps that you have to go through to make a disciple. And we we stop focusing on being obedient to Jesus and being in step with the Spirit. And there's some simple words in here, like, are we going? Most programs are inviting you to come. You know, and we say, well, yeah, but we went so that we could invite. And there's a big difference in understanding one word in the Great Commission, and that is go and make disciples. Well, what does that really look like? And we could probably debate that in 10 episodes of this podcast. But Jesus didn't leave it up to interpretation. He modeled it to us. He showed us what it looks like to go. So we don't have to guess like, well, this is what it looks like. Jesus told the disciples exactly what he wanted them to do. 
And they continued to do that. And it was very effective. It spread through entire cities and entire nations. And it was doing something out of obedience to Jesus that we haven't seen in our context. Yeah. I think is as we go, that's when we begin to see it and change the like you talked about from a set of steps to changing it to be our life and walking with Jesus walked and that's a very difficult thing to shift and go, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to change a lot of things here. But the beauty of it is he did model it. You said that he he showed us in the way he lived his life and the way he lived his life with with the twelve. And then the way he sent out the 72, there's just so many different ways. And as we do that, we'll get more of a sense of what it looks like in each one of our cities, in each one of our contexts and cultures. So that instead of trying to do all of that, as you begin to live it out, it becomes more clear. Instead of saying like, well, I'm on step six yeah. and then step seven. No, 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 no. As you begin to follow that, then things become clear. Yeah. And what I found is, is that when I'm surrounded by people who are disconnected from a relationship with Jesus. And I think Jesus would call them lost. When I'm outnumbered by lost people, my desperation and dependency on Jesus and on the Holy Spirit is much higher. I'm desperate for God to show up. And I think that, you know, a lot of people ask the question, well, why doesn't God do miracles the way they did in the Bible? Well, first of all, the answer is he does. But maybe we just got to get in proximity to where God wants to reveal his glory to people that he deeply loves and he's drawing them to himself. And we've got to go and be outnumbered by people who are disconnected from a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, it is. It's such a, a thing that I've looked at is like, oh, you want you want to see God do this or you're, you're praying over someone in, in a situation and it's kind of like, well. That's good. Those are good things. But am I going where God called me to today to the person he called me to talk to today so that he can reveal his glory? Am I open and willing to do that, to go where he's called me to be? And then I can expect some of the the um, miracles, the stories that we see in Scripture begin to. And we've already seen them. And, and listen, he's done things right through the programs and other things. God shows up and he, he honors honors his word but i think we'll begin to see a bigger change and we'll begin to see those things more often as you said the more often we're around people that need those that need god's miracle right then and there oh absolutely and thank goodness uh joe that god's faithful whether we are or not so he shows up in so many ways just because of his faithfulness but when we go and we put ourselves in proximity to somebody who is you know, lost, we sometimes forget that God's already gone before us and he wants us to find the people that he's already prepared. And when we find those people, we'll realize what it really means that he's with us always to the very end of the age. Like he's already started a work in their life. The miracle began before you ever got there. You're just getting in step with what God was already doing. And that's pretty humbling to recognize that when you go into a new neighborhood or you go into a prison or a jail, that God has already been working in miraculous ways before you ever got there. You're just there to get in step with what he's already doing. And when you get in step, then you get to start getting into, you get to start experiencing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that the miracles are real and that he wants to work in people's lives and he is working in people's lives. And now you get to be in alignment and get to see it and be a part of it. 
let's let's close with a, co- a couple of good stories that illustrate this that we've gotten to, to see and then we'll kind of set up the the next episode and i think recently for myself i've been uh, visiting prisons and just the way someone will write and say well i heard about this you know this discovery study or this discipleship stuff from so and so and from so and so and i'm like I don't know who this person is and God has already done something. So I've seen as I go, I connect and I feel like, oh, that wasn't enough. Or I, I, you know, I want to meet these guys again. And, you know, it's, it's months between, but as I've been able to go out and try to live this out, this rhythm of trying to be a disciple in a prison, God has just answered that in so many ways and shown up through people I don't know or, or someone in there being able to hear the story of how I'm trying to, connect with my kids and disciple my kids and then they try it and it works and for the first time ever they're on a video chat and their, their daughter opens up about um what it means to to follow god and follow jesus and so there's just so many of those cool things that as i've gone along that i've seen happen that again had nothing to do with me but just being around them and, and letting god work and i know you have a few recently we shared some last week but uh of just being out in proximity oh yeah well it's humbling to recognize that God doesn't really need you, but he wants you. He wants you to be a part of this. He wants you to get to experience it, but he's good. He's doing it, you know, like he, he's, he's going before you. And sometimes we're unaware of how he's already working and he's already prepared somebody. We, we just were able to be around a group of uh, Christians who weren't really following the great commission. We got to train him. And then we were like, Hey, we don't want this to be just content. We're going to put it into practice. So we went out among the lost just a couple of weeks ago and we went to an apartment complex and we were engaging people in, in conversations and, you know, we were having good conversations, but we weren't having great conversations where people were welcoming the message of Jesus. And so I just said to our group, like, you know, we don't have to knock on every door at the apartment complex. We need to probably just stop and pause and pray and say, God, where do you want us to go? Is there anybody in this apartment complex that you've already prepared that you want us to to connect with? Because the Great Commission says you're with us always to the very end of the age. And we know that you deeply love the people in this apartment complex. So we just prayed that simple prayer for like a minute, Joe. And then we started walking again and we didn't just go right back to knocking on every door. We just walked and continued to listen. And, and it was just a couple minutes later, we just really sensed unanimously. I was walking with a group of four that God wanted us to go to this apartment number 25. There was this light on in the window. We all just sensed God really wants us to go to this one apartment. And when we went to that apartment, Joe, um, it was very evident that God had already worked in the life of the young man that we had this conversation with. And God just showed us that He'd already been preparing him. He'd already been working in him. And we just got to be a part of what God was already doing. And it was so clear and so evident. Um, Two people in my group had never done this before. They'd never gone out and had these kind of conversations. And they were just blown away with the faithfulness of God and how God had already prepared that person. And, you know, we could have gone all day long. And I think it would have been a great effort, right? Like we were knocking on doors and stuff, but there was something that shifted and changed when we stopped. We prayed. We asked God to show us where he wanted us to go. 
we got in step with the spirit and then the whole experience changed for us and for the young man that we got to have the conversation with. And I'm very expectant and anticipating that God's going to continue the work that he started in that young guy. And this is just the beginning of the story. We're going to get to tell, tell more parts of the story because it was so clear that God was working in his life. That story. It's just, it's just powerful. And it's a reminder when you talked about God preparing his heart, that the great commission so often, I guess, maybe it was the way it's presented to me was the great sales commission. Like we have to go out and sell people on Jesus and apologetics and all those things instead of going to find people that are already their hearts there and just be willing to ask them questions and get to know who they are. And we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks here about some of the practices and some of the things that we hold to, but listening is part of the great commission too and hearing someone else's story and not just going out to sell Jesus to the, <laughs> to the world, which is exactly the, the wrong way to go about yes. it. But it and the experience of just finding people that God's already prepared. And and often in my experience through this journey, not needing to convince anybody of anything, just giving them of my my life, my time and my margin and, and creating margin in my life to find the people that God's already been working on. That's a radically that's a radically different approach than having to convince somebody to believe. Yeah. Amen. Amen on that. So we started with the Great Commission because I think it's a foundation of who we are, but a lot of, of uh, Christians, a lot of denominations, as we said, as we go forward, we want to share our story and where we go with the Great Commission and some of the principles and the foundations. You call them spiritual form or spiritual foundations, part of spiritual formation, maybe, but we refer to them as, as seven sales. Uh, there's there's more of to each one, you could kind of expand, expand it seven, eight, nine, but really we, we want to focus on the seven sales. And the idea of the seven sales is that we raise these and if a movement of God, God is the wind, he comes through. And if our sails are up, then we're moving forward as disciples. And it starts each one of them, I really think connects back to the Great Commission. And we'll kind of break down what those look like as a foundation. So to help you understand and, and when we refer to things, that'll be a foundation and we, we're going to have lots of stories on each one lots of personal things that god has shown us on each one and again feel free to share or ask questions in the chat or comments to to help guide some of that but brent it's going to be exciting as we go forward because it's not just something that we trained or we did this is something that we're experiencing daily and living out daily yeah yeah and my encouragement as we wrap up this week two of this um is just for everybody, but we're gonna release these weekly. So we're gonna start raising these sales and, and explaining what they are, but we wanna do application each each time we do a podcast as well. And I just wanna challenge everybody listening to, to look up the Great Commission, read it a couple times and personalize it. What does it look like for you to personalize this and to, to look at the active words of Jesus's commands and ask yourself, am I personally going? Am I personally making disciples? Am I personally baptizing? Am I personally taking responsibility for teaching people to obey? And do I really believe that Jesus is with me and that he, uh, if I just get in step with the spirit, I can experience something that I would never be able to experience if I wasn't obedient to it. So make the Great Commission personal. I think we're going to have to bring on some guests that we've heard who've talked about doing this in different places and the power 
that it creates. Just saying, write the Great Commission and then personalize it and what that's done in the lives of people who theoretically been following Jesus all their lives and all of a sudden are asked to just write it out and pray over it and personalize it and what that's done to them. So we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to bring some people on who shared what that was. What's yes. happened in other countries? Because it, it's it seems so simple, and yet we've heard some powerful stories just based on doing that. Yeah, powerful stories that have equated when you hear these when you hear these stories in the days ahead to millions of people coming to know Jesus um, simply because ordinary people took the Great Commission seriously and made it personal. Well, we appreciate you joining us here for for episode two as we we kind of. We just skimmed the surface of the Great Commission grants that we could go on. But that's just a little bit about uh, why it's a foundation for what we do. And then we're going to kind of parse that out as, as we go along in, in everything that we discuss. But we thought it was important in episode two to, to set that foundation and talk about it and talk about what God's doing um, through us and others uh, right now with, with Matthew 28. So. We will see you next week as we continue to, to dive in and share your stories as well with us. We love to hear them. We are all part of this, and we consider your story our story and vice versa because we can truly say, Brent, as we've gone along, that we're adding to our number daily when we don't make it about us, but when we share in these stories together and be on this journey together and, and count that your victory is our victory because they're all God. Yes, yes, totally. All right, so we'll see you next week for episode two here on the Sent to Share podcast. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sent to Share podcast. Our goal is to encourage you to live a Sent to Share life with an aim to make disciples who make disciples where simple churches emerge. If you have questions about what it means to be Sent to Share, making disciples who make disciples that lead to movement and the birth of a collective of simple churches in your city, we would love to connect with you. You can find out more at sentoshare.com.